Hi, and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. My name is Nick. And my name is Chris. And Nick, what do we got in store today? Well, Chris, today we're obviously going to be talking a little bit around the crypto crash. I think that's the hot topic that everyone kind of wants to discuss in a bit more detail. We'll obviously have a look at the market, see what's been going on. There's been a bit of a bounce today. Um, you know, as they often say, a, a cat, a, a dead cat bounces. That's, I think that's what they say. Um, so obviously, you know, we were expecting this and um, anyone who's a member would have seen our member video. We were talking about expectations on where to potentially be selling after a scenario like this, if you are very uncomfortable with the space. Me and Chris, however, um, we are pretty strong-handed, diamond hands, if you will, and uh, have been holding strong with no intention of selling even on this particular bounce. Um, so we still believe that we are you know, basically in that fourth wave um, of the Elliott wave theory, heading into a fifth wave, which will obviously go during the rest of the year to fantastic highs. Now, um, I do believe our subscriber train has arrived nice and early. So guys, as always, if you uh, are new to the channel and you want to stay up to date with everything we do here from new cryptocurrencies to hidden gems, uh, technical analysis and news, then do become a subscriber. By subscribing, you'll be kept up to date with absolutely everything. It is free. You'll stay well informed and so why not, right? And of course, the subscriber train is often um, saves itself for these live streams for some unknown reason and Streamlabs has been doing this for about 20 minutes. I thought it would be caught up by now, Chris, but it just hasn't. Um, so yeah, it, jump aboard the train if you want to. Um, with that being said, of course, uh, you know if you do find this stream useful, informative, maybe entertaining at times, hit the like button. We both really do appreciate it. And of course, Chris has joined me for the live stream this evening. He missed out on the, the fun that we had this morning uh, with our video earlier. Um, but nonetheless, has joined us, uh, haven't you, Chris? I, I have. I'm here. Um, yeah, just uh, the the internet uh, powers that be were just uh, not on cheeky crypto side today. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, if this um, Streamlabs continues, I will pause it shortly. I just want to see if I can get it to catch up the best I can. Um, so, Chris, we're going to be talking a lot around what the market's looking like today. We'll be getting into a few charts as well. We'll be having a look at a few things that we've been, um, you know, looking at in, in terms of charts. Uh, you know, Fear and Greed Index, you know, Evi's dashboard. We'll be having a look at Bitcoin's dominance. And then, obviously, you guys will be suggesting charts for us to take a look at. We'll take a look at those as well. And uh, hopefully, it'll be a nice kind of, you know, chilled out the best we can, considering the circumstances on a Monday evening stream. And um, yeah, we'll take it you know, a step at a time and hopefully uh, everyone will be pretty chilled out about it. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it, Nick. Fantastic. Okay, cool. So we're going to start with taking a look at the crypto market cap. Uh, hopefully this will load this. It has. Perfect. Right. So um, here we have coin market cap. Okay, guys. And uh, we have had a bit of a recovery. So we've actually gone back up to a $1.6 trillion um, market capitalization. So obviously it had dropped quite significantly. And it has bounced back quite well. Bitcoin's dominance here is at 44%, with Ethereum being 18.5. Um, the trading volume today is $206 billion. Um, and Chris, you'll be impressed by this. There's 10,034 cryptocurrencies now. Um, so a pretty reasonable amount of cryptocurrencies out in the market. So guys, it's important that you do your own research when you investigate new cryptocurrencies. Um, some of them will be genuine and uh, very much so hidden gems, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough maybe. Um, but ultimately, 
Some of them were only ever created to part you with your own money. And some of these scams and these rug pulls, they are quite elaborate and they do trick a lot of people into investing in those projects. So it's important that you do thorough research um, and no one can substitute that, okay? So you, you could look at us, we could do some research. You could look at one, two, three, or maybe even five different influences and they'll maybe, you know, they're all being paid to plug a specific cryptocurrency who knows and um, so it's important that you make the decision to invest in that project based on your own research and you verify what other people are telling you very important thing that you do there because some of them are only there to you know basically rob you from your hard-earned money of course with that being said that is the uh, you know a very small proportion of that and there are some fantastic projects out there so just make sure that you're comfortable with your investments never overextend yourself and all of that good thing good stuff and make sure that you can uh, only invest what you can afford to lose if uh, you know this crypto space were to disappear overnight i don't think that's the case but it yeah it has to be a, a possibility i guess um right let's just zoom on now and take a look at what's going on on our watch list. Okay, guys, this is the cryptocurrencies that we are currently invested in. And obviously, there's a load of green in here today. So Bitcoin's up 14%, currently sat there at 38k. Ethereum is 28%, Cardano 29%, XRP at 25%, Polkadot 34 Litecoin th uh, 29 37 for Chainlink, 33 for Stellar. VeChain's up there with a nice 44%. We have Theater 20%. We've got Algo at 25 Avalanche 31, 21 for Hedera, 29 for Elrond, Zcash at 34, Zilliqa at 28, The Graph at 12, uh, 41, Harmony 1, good move here at 51%. Actually went a little bit higher than I thought it was going to. I still feel this one did pull back a little bit. We have Anchor at 16%, 35% for V4. We have 41 for Fetch AI with 51 for AGI doing really well. Uh, we have Poly at 23. We got 4% down on Solve, but then it had this weird, I guess a whale just accumulated some Solve in the middle there 180 uh, percent boost uh, whilst everything was uh, you know crashing down and has seems to have stabilized right back where it was before uh, which is unfortunate for solve so i imagine loads of people were taking some profits along the way there we have api3 at 14.4 in the green with 46 percent for dsla which is fantastic we have 32 percent for soul uh, so silo and shopex here comes in at 12.6 so a pretty green day here when it comes to the crypto space chris everything's in the green minus solve and um, a lot of people will be feeling okay maybe the correction is over well i'm not so sure about that and i think ultimately we do have to yeah, acknowledge that elephant in the room this could still go in either direction no one knows for certain where this is going to land right? we had the cat it has bounced now the question really comes to to be whether or not by the 618 Fibonacci level on each of these coins, whether those coins will continue to rally to the upside and therefore we're in a bull cycle or whether or not wave four has yet to finish and completing and actually we reject the 618, the 702 or the 786 areas, those three key Fibonacci levels. If we reject those, we actually will fall down to lower lows. So right now, no one knows for sure which direction things are gonna go. We do know that whales have been accumulating at the bottom and they're kind of starting to ease off a little bit. They're stopping that huge purchasing that they've been doing. And um, so we are gonna be watching very tightly to see what happens by the time Bitcoin gets to about 48K, um, by the time, let's say, you know, AGI gets to about 33 and a half cent, um, just to name a couple. Each of those targets are gonna be different depending on those cryptocurrencies that you look at. So pay attention closely to your investments and specifically those Fibonacci levels. Um, so Chris, I can't really talk any more 
around what is going on in terms of the crypto space here. Um, but is there anything else you feel that you want to kind of discuss or talk about? Yeah, I mean, you you touched on on a few bits there, Nick, around you know the the whales and their accumulation. It's it's died down now. We don't see uh, too many uh, you know pockets of, of whales sort of buying big at the moment. Um, the question is, is that a, a good thing or is that a bad thing? You, you, you know, like for me, I kind of see it as as a positive thing. It kind of means that you know it's it's on the way up. Um, you know it's going to be interesting just sort of watching some of those wallets to to see what they what what moves they make next i guess um and then obviously we've we've uh had a a leak from um oh, i forget what it was now nick um not morgan stanley who is it jp morgan jp morgan that's it um the ethereum's going to be way bigger than bitcoin um yeah i mean how do these things get leaked? <laughs> it's an interesting one, right? But you know. yeah, I'm not sure leaked is the right word. Um... <laughs> Deliberately leaked, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's get into, uh, I can see that the subscriber train is still in the station. Jump aboard if you want. Um, let's jump on down into this because this is the fear and greed index, guys. Um, this is one that we've, uh, we look at quite a bit. And obviously we've Bring this up in most of the videos at the moment just to kind of describe what's going on with the fear right now it's at extreme fear level 10 um that it has been around that area for a while this is the lowest it's been so far but we were hovering around the 11 uh we had 14 um and so forth right so ultimately last week because an average of 27 last month is now being pulled down to about 37 um so ultimately there's lots of fear if you look at it from a general perspective like this one here so in terms of how the market's currently feeling there's still fear out there this will be dramatically different by morning because obviously ultimately this fear and greed indexes resets every every day at midnight right and we've got another four hours and 18 minutes until it resets again and it's going to be looking at how the market's performed today and then we'll tell you how the market has been it doesn't tell you how it is currently only what it ever has been so basically on sunday it was very fearful but today i imagine this needle's going to move right over into the middle somewhere being moderate or something like that okay so um, i don't think we'll be extreme fear tomorrow um but of course i think the next day there may be some more fear up for sale so right now it is what it is on this and obviously it's very generic um yeah unfortunately that is the nature of the fear and greed index now the other thing that we brought up quite a bit is obviously the bitcoin dominance this is always something that's important worth watching obviously we just mentioned when we were looking at the, the cryptocurrencies there on coin market cap that it had a 44 percent dominance um so ultimately the entire crypto space all that market capitalization and bitcoin equates to 44% of all of that money. Okay, so right now it's exactly right there where we think it should be in terms of the bounce that's happened here. And if we look back, obviously, at the history, a lot of people who've seen the recent videos will know what this looks like. We came down to a 37 in 2017. This actually happened in June of 2017, so not too far away from where we are today. Um, this actually bounced up to about 52% before having a brief comeback down towards 44 and then shooting up towards 67 before the altcoins actually went on their major run uh, and peaked out here when Bitcoin's dominance dropped down to 32%. So obviously this does not tell you the story of you know how um, the altcoins are performing or how Bitcoin is performing. It shows you Bitcoin in relation to, uh, to the total money within the crypto space and how it has been performing to the altcoins and this is really a good measure to know roughly whether or not you're on the same kind of line the same kind of path as you were previously 
rather than just looking at the price action of specific coins and are those bars really following the same pattern. Here we get to see that actually from a percentage point of view, how has the percentage shift been between Bitcoin and altcoin? And actually, other than two percentage points, it's done exactly what happened here in 2017. So not a direct representation. You cannot copy directly from one year to another. Um, but we are somewhere between 2013 and 2017. There's something in between these two cycles and none of them are really matching up perfectly, but it's a bit of a hybrid, if you will, between the two. So right now we can see that we're actually in previously and of June 2017, we actually came down to this 37% point for Bitcoin's dominance and we bounced to the upside. We actually came down in 2021 to 39% and we've bounced to the upside. So this thing is looking like it's most likely gonna be hovering around the high 50s or mid 50s or something like that, and then have another kind of retraction. That could be the altcoins go on a bit of a rally or Bitcoin's drop price drops down significantly again. No, what this doesn't tell you what angle that's going. You can obviously go and cross-reference this between altcoin market caps and Bitcoin market caps, and you can get an idea of what's going on. I'm not gonna do that for you guys. I do think there's an element of, you know, self-serving here, you have to go and do your own research. Um, so ultimately with this particular piece, one of those things would have happened and we have this retraction and then we go up um, with Bitcoin dominance really hitting home here at 67% and then crashing down. And this is what we're kind of expecting to happen over here during 2021. We expect to kind of come up to this area here, come back down and then shoot up to here and then you get the crashing back down. And this is where you end up with the bull run peaking, okay? at least for the altcoins, not necessarily Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin would have probably been somewhere up there. Um, so really interesting to see how that all kind of plays out, whether that's going to be something that we actually see happen here uh, in terms of Bitcoin's dominance. So pretty interesting stuff is going on there with all of that, Chris. Perfect. And uh, yeah, Elon Musk has, has just tweeted, Nick, saying that, you know, uh, he's having conversations with um, miners, um, and it's potentially promising. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough said. Um, right. So um, I thought it'd be really good, actually. We've got like 486 people, you know, watching us, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Smash that like button if you, you held through the weekend. Really interested to get a gauge on numbers. That'd be awesome. Um, Right, should we get into the uh, live chat? Nick? Absolutely, get into the live chat. Let's see what's going on. Let's answer a few questions, have a look at a few charts and all that good stuff. Super, let's do it. Okay, um, right. Let's have a look here. Lots of people talking about the market. Dead. Uh, are we going to go lower or is it dead cat bounce? I think Nick's covered that off already. Yeah, ultimately um, no one knows yet. Um, you know, we're waiting yeah, to see what happens when you get to that key level on the Fibonacci yeah it's just a bit too early at the moment um what else we got here 97% of coins are garbage I think you know over over the coming years uh we're gonna see a lot of these these coins sort of disappear right and you know we talk about this quite a lot on 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 the channel in regards to looking at use case and you know I've given my opinion on on the fact that I don't think a lot of people are looking at the fundamentals, looking at the tech, looking at the team. And I mean, I had I had people reach out to me today asking about a particular project, which we're not invested in, um, but we know a little bit about. And um, 
you know, they said they looked at the team, but I don't think they really looked at the team in great detail. So, you know, there's looking at it and, you know, I, I, I think you need to go into a little bit more detail, um, particularly when looking at a team, look at who they've worked for, look what happened with, you know, if it's a project in the space, you know, how, how did that, you know, was it successful? Was it a rug pull, for example? <laughs> Um, so it's worth tre- checking all that sort of stuff. And we know people don't do that, right? And I think it's really important because you're right, a lot of these um, projects are garbage and are going to go nowhere. And that's why we say you have to look at look at these things, right? And what is it they say, Nick? All boats will rise. I think we've seen that. You know, you, you look at some of these, these projects, I use the word loosely because some of them just <laughs> aren't projects. They're just literally coins to part you with, you know, part you with your cash. And yeah, so you've got to be careful out there. Make sure you're picking solid projects with great fundamentals, great team, great tech. I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Nick. No, I think it's important that you do a very thorough research. And, um, you know, that means getting to know exactly the you know the history of every member or at least the senior memberships or, or you know leadership teams right it's important to know where they came from what their education levels are all of that kind of good stuff know where they have been working prior um you know potentially there's even information on linkedin to say they were doing a fantastic job where they were or maybe there are lacking certain pieces of information on their portfolios and things like that. It's important that you, um, you know, or profiles, I should say, not portfolios, profiles. And it's important that you do that research and you dig in deep because, you know, ultimately a lot of this stuff can be created on the fly. Now, is it a fresh account, for example? Was the account only created in late 2020? Uh, and I mean like a LinkedIn account, right? And how many connections are there in each team member it's a lot of information you have to dig into to really truly know a project inside and out um, and that's the kind of stuff that we try to do we want to make sure that we are very uh, you know up to speed with what everybody in a particular team uh, and a particular project is, has been up to in the past and also what they're doing currently and we'd like to make sure that we cross our t's and dot our i's with all that stuff yeah you know it's interesting to see where employees worked previously you know, when they leave a project, where do they go? You know, some of the stuff that you stumble across is really interesting. And uh, I, I guess, you know, Ripple would be a prime example of that when you, you look at the, their team, which is massive, by the way, and you look where they've come from, where they go to. These these, these are all really interesting, like, you know, moves, I guess, on a, on a chessboard is the way that i would look at it when you you know when you consider a company like ripple for example so yeah it's it's interesting and you can learn an awful lot about how a team is being run just by looking at the sorts of people that they're they're employing right absolutely um, so, <laughs> so yeah really important that and obviously the tech and, and what they're actually looking to do in the real world uh, which is you know if you have a look through through our portfolio which is on our website you, you know, you'll get an idea of like, well, these are all projects that have, you know, they've got a use case, right? That's either being used or is going to be used in the real world. Um, so yeah, um, Nick, we've got a super chat here. Um, can we have a look at Luna? So we still need to do that video on Luna. We do, um, it is on the cards to do. I'm not sure, let me have a look, see if I can, um, Luna to the USDT. Okay, cool. So it has um, <laughs> it has been falling down a wee bit. 
Uh, we cannot deny that. Let's take a look at the chart. Okay, so Luna to the USDT. Uh, this is the daily chart to start with. Binance is the data source. Um, and here we obviously we have the Fibonacci. Now this actually runs or did run from our low point over here. Um, and we threw this to the high point to see where things were going, obviously. But since we are where we are, we've obviously had this crash down here. I'm going to actually take this off and we're going to do something different. Okay, guys, we're going to show this in a slightly different way just to help out anyone who's a bit nervous in the space. Um, so here we have the daily chart, as we mentioned before. The first thing that we're going to do is grab my, um, I've got this little bar up here, I'm just gonna move that there. I'm gonna grab hold of my Fibonacci retracement tool. And what we're gonna do is we can see this high point that was achieved just up here before we had this crash down here. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna throw this Fibonacci down here. Okay, and this is gonna give us a bit of an idea and a bit of a flavor as to where things are likely to go back to before we know definitively whether or not Luna is going to go back down or go back up, right? Um, one way or another, we're going to know, and this is what it's going to tell us. So there's a few things on this chart that's really interesting. Okay, so the very first one, if I just move that out for a second. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the volumes here have been increasing, okay? So that worked both directions. So as we were crushing this price back down, okay, the price was falling down, the volumes, the selling pressure was increasing. This was due to the sentiment in the market being quite fearful. Okay, so loads of fear in the space and therefore you're increasing selling volume. And then we have this huge green day today and uh, with this huge candle here. This has actually not done too much to the daily relative strength index where we just bring it out of oversold back into a reasonable area. Okay, so still in the really low areas of the relative strength index at 34 with huge amounts of potential to the upside. What we are looking for, guys, is to actually come to this 618 area here, this little green line just up here. Okay, so what we're looking to do is come to this yellow, uh, come to this green line here. And then one of two things will happen by the time you get there. Either you're going to be rejected, and if you're rejected from there with heavy resistance, then you are more than likely going to come down and set a lower low. Okay, so where we are low down here, we might actually fall down a lot lower here. Okay, and then you'll go back up to a new 618. Um, so right now, this is the key area that everyone should be paying attention to. On every single project, you want to be paying attention to the 618 Fibonacci level. That is where you tend to go back to before you know definitively whether you're going to be going up or going up down. Um, so ultimately, it, the 618 is the first one. The 702 is another key area along with the 786. And a lot of people actually put the stop loss a little bit higher than the 786, right? So they potentially sell somewhere down here at the 618, for example. And if it continues to go higher and goes above the 786 with a close, then they might buy back in knowing that the price is actually likely to go up to one of these extension levels, okay? Um, otherwise, you've actually sold it up here a little bit lower than the previous high and you know you're gonna be coming back down to a lower low. So that's the strategy behind that. Um, so ultimately for Luna here, actually this comes in at about, what's that, $13.59, okay? So that's the area that I'll be paying really close attention to for Luna. Um, with that being said, we also have the 200 moving average, the 100 moving average, and the 50 moving average there. And we also have a, tw uh, a 20 EMA line just here as well on this daily chart. So all of those things are telling us that actually we're fighting up against the resistance of the 200 moving average. We have good volume 
green come in today, obviously, with everything being very green. And we also are just outside of that oversold area with huge balance of potential to the upside. So right now, I see no problem with us potentially moving up towards this area here on the chart, the 618. The question is, what kind of position is Luna in by the time it gets to the 618? Have we actually moved our needle from oversold to overbought? By the time we get there, then there's a higher chance that actually we'll have that pullback to the downside. Okay, so actually want to be paying attention to not only getting to the 618, but making sure that we are utilizing our relative strength index incredibly well. We're not going into the overbought area as we approach the 618 because we will more than likely get rejected from there. And we want to make sure that our volume stay nice and steady and strong as well. So in terms of Luna here, everything's looking pretty interesting. We are finding the resistance right now, but I think that's going to be quite weak. If I go ahead and throw this onto our hourly, again, you can see the differences here where the um, 20 EMA is actually now a support line along with the 50 moving average and the 100 moving average is the resistance line, which I think will break soon. Now, obviously with the relative strength index, we are of course on the higher end of things that will probably have a little bit of a pullback before we have another surge forward. We can also see here that the volumes were going up as the candles were going up here. We had a slight pullback as we had this correction in the middle and now we're looking to increase that volume yet again, but we do need to correct the relative strength index. So I imagine that we'll have a short term pullback before moving on up again. And it's going to be a lot like this over the next couple of weeks or so. It's not going to be a quick move up. It's going to be a slow and gradual one. There'll be many corrections and many um, waves in between uh, as we go through this next stage. So when it comes to Luna, things are okay. We have a good idea of where things are likely to end up going and where we'll get the definitive answer as to whether or not we are going to be setting lower lows or going up into those higher highs. Um, and we know that. We also know the short-term things are going to be a short-term correction before we go ahead and move on back up again. So right now, things are looking pretty interesting. Super. Thanks, Nick. And uh, there's another super chat here. Really appreciate that. We have a, a look at silo uh, and price predictions for the end of the year. Uh, yeah. So let's um, let's jump on back down then. Okay, cool. So silo to the USDT daily chart, KuCoin as the data source this time round. Um, and again, this one actually hasn't uh, fared too badly. It is a lower cap coin, so I imagine that um, you know money was actually able to retain in there quite easily. Now, it might have seemed quite, you know, an extreme correction, but actually we had a pretty decent um, swing to the upside. And here, actually, we are still above the red area of our Fibonacci um, retracement. Now, what I'm going to do, though, is I am going to remove this again. So we get the same scenarios that we just did for Luna here. Um, I'm going to just remove this off as well. Uh, and we're going to grab that Fibonacci. We're going to throw that from that high point, that double tap at the top. We'll throw it down to the bottom there. And we just grab that, make sure it's on the line. And this one's going to show us again that same detail, right? We obviously have the 50 moving average, the 100 moving average, the 200 moving average. We can also see here that 20 EMA um, and we are a little bit below that on this daily chart. We obviously have that resistance. The upper resistance always has been 1.1 cent. We obviously fell back down there. Um, and obviously we are above that 200 moving average at the moment as well. We can see that we did not go into the oversold area on our relative strength index. And we are actually, you know, just at 40 here with plenty of room to grow to the upside. We can also see that even though we had this green volume today, uh, sorry, the green candle today, the volumes have actually been quite small. Um, so we're not actually utilizing the relative strength index very well here when it comes to silo. And ultimately what we're looking for is the kind of volume that we're having here 
as we were pushing the price back to the upside. And also whilst this crash was actually happening here for Silo, and the reason it's probably held up so well is the fact that the volumes were actually decreasing whilst we were decreasing the price. That was helping to stabilize things. So Silo's actually fared out pretty well here. And we are looking for this thing to go back to about a cent just below our 1.1 cent resistance line. Okay, and that's the area that we'll know whether or not we're going to have that breakout event where we'll go up um, and go ahead and move on out of this area and uh, continue to all-time highs or whether or not we are going to drop back down and set a lower low, okay? Um, so right now, this area is actually quite an interesting one. We obviously potentially have a little bit of room to fall, but not too much. Uh, and um, where are we right now? We're finding that resistance just up here um, at about uh, 0.006. Um, so right now, the, the price of Silo is actually pretty good. And there's a lot going on with this particular project that could see this thing do incredibly well. These extension levels do not do Silo justice, in my opinion. This is an absolute gem of a project that has a very little money actually sat inside it. Um, it has actually just released its node staking, I believe, Chris. And there's lots going on with this particular project that is definitely something that you want to be paying attention to or even doing some research on. And um, this one, I feel, has huge potential. And I do think we're going to see, uh, you know, quite tidy sums for, for Silo because it doesn't take a lot of money to get the needle moving. I would be surprised if we do not see at least 50 cent for Silo in um, in the 2021 bull run. Um, but Chris, what are your thoughts on Silo? Yeah, love the project. I think it's, you know, it's still really early and, you know, we've got a, a great track record with picking out these these projects you know we did it with harmony one we did it with v chain we did it with anchor all you know below one cent so you know i, I kind of put this in in, in that bucket uh, along with uh, dsla as well is another one um i think it's going to do remarkably well i think obviously it's high risk as we're getting into it reasonably early but you know for, for me it's you know it's it's educated risk um and and i'm invested so uh, i'm willing to to obviously sort of uh, take that risk on um, personally so yeah one to definitely do research on uh, i think it's a, a great project i think yeah. it's going to do really well um for me it's more of a longer term hold but you know we've been wrong with this timing's the the hardest thing to predict isn't it nick so you know hopefully it's a, a bit like the the agi one but <laughs> you know even agi is a good price at the minute absolutely i mean um yeah, I think it's going to do well. Timing it, as Chris says, is is the hardest thing to get. Super. Okay. Um, lots of people asking us to have a look at B Pro as well, Nick. Um, so maybe we can have a look at that one. What else we got here? Lots of people talking about Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't want to give him too much airtime. Uh, what else we got? Are the regulations in China going to slow VeChain down? Interesting question. I mean, I don't know how often um, India and China have been banning crypto. <laughs> for, for me, it's just FUD. Uh, they're about to release their own uh, CBDC, if they haven't already, in fact. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's just FUD, to be honest. What are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I, I honestly just feel that the timing of the news is um, only really designed for one purpose. Uh, I don't necessarily think, um, yeah, it's anything to really go by, not just yet, not until you have some more 
concrete evidence around it first. Um, but you're right, you know, how many times has uh, China banned cryptocurrency? How many times has India banned cryptocurrency? Um, it kind of just gets uh, how many times can you cry wolf scenario, right? Um, so yeah, I think there's something to, um, to kind of sit on and not believe until you have enough evidence to believe it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, Nick, can we have a look at BPRO? Yeah, let's jump down and take a look at BPRO here. Okay, cool. So BPRO to the USDT, uh, daily chart, KuCoin as the data source. And um, obviously we here we have the 50 moving average, the 200 moving average, uh, and the 100 moving average. I did that in the wrong order there, but 50, 100, 200. We also have that 20 EMA just across here. And you can see actually, you know, we actually went below this thing um, on the 4th of April for BPRO. Um, on the daily chart and in fact you know if we just throw that up into the weekly because i know a lot of people were quite you know confused as to what was going on it was actually um closed down here obviously um last week for bpro and i think bitcoin actually closed the week beforehand so um yeah we're on that 20 ema um you know news etc so right now here we obviously have the the crash and what we're going to do is the same scenario okay so we're going to take um, the high point of this particular crash, which was over here to this downside. And we're going to see where that then puts us in terms of potentially thinking of uh, of what's going on here. So let me just um, actually move that over a little bit so that we can get um, those numbers actually appearing a little bit clearer. We'll just do that. Cool. So we're looking to potentially bring BPRO up here towards our 618. This comes in at 1.2 cent, okay? Um, and obviously those extension levels are not really going to be useful. Your main thing you're looking for is to bring this price back up to this level here and, and see what happens. So 1.2 cent is the area that we want to be paying attention to um, for understanding what's going to happen here, whether or not we're going to go ahead and set some lower lows or potentially go ahead and uh, you know move the price back up again um, above the 618 and above the 786 specifically. Um, so right now where we are, we're at uh, 0 0.006 of a cent. Um, so we've got a little bit of work to get back up there. The good news is that we are relatively low on our RSI. Um, this is you know incredibly low for a 34. So huge amounts of room to grow um, as the sentiment in the market changes. Now, what we can see obviously is from the volume point of view just down here, that during this crash, like um, Silo, this was actually quite protected. Um, and it was protected because it's gained its low market cap hasn't got a huge amount of investment in it yet. Um, so therefore it's less affected. And ultimately the, the volumes were decreasing as the price was dropping, that protected the price. But at the same time, the sentiment hasn't really changed here for BPRO. So the volumes have stayed quite low, even though we are pushing the price back up again, which means there's not that many people participating in buying back BPRO at the moment. That will eventually change and that sentiment will change in the market and we'll start growing that volume up again like we saw over here as we're pushing the price back up and we are nice and low on that relative strength index to be able to do that the question becomes how high are you on this rsi when you get to those key levels on the fibonacci retracement area so if we get to the 618 the 702 the 786 and we're over bought chances are that we'll probably reject those areas and fall back down so we are mindful of uh, of what's going on here with bpro and where the things may go in the future. All being um, well and good though, we should be in a reasonable position to potentially take a look at how high things could go in the future. So if we take a look at it from this point of view, we could argue that actually this thing could go up to those 19 cent um, during wave five, maybe even higher depending on if any of the fundamentals and you know 
other things in the space actually change. So right now, just based on this technicals, we are looking at potential to go up to Nord's 19 cent there. Um, you know, but that may obviously be well understated considering the kind of scale of what they're trying to achieve in the space. So for BPRO here, really interesting stuff. We are just below the 200 moving average. So again, we're below value. Uh, and if we do take a look at this on that hourly view, you'll get a slightly different story here. When we zoom on out, we can see that actually we are now, you know, a little bit above that 20 EMA. We're getting above the 50, the 100 moving average and the 200 moving average is just above us as well. So we had that breakout event here, but we are entering an overbought area. So we are likely to have a bit of a pullback. And what we want to do is actually test an area, find good support so that we can then continue that rally to the upside here for BPRO. So everything's okay at the moment. Again, like most of these altcoins, we're just looking to try to aim nice and high, get into that 618, see what happens and make sure that everything else technically lines up so that we do not get rejected from those areas. Um, but Chris, is there anything else that you feel that you, you know, might want to add to uh, to BPRO? No, nothing that I want to add to, to BPRO, Nick. Um, appreciate you sort of covering that off. Um, don't forget to mash up the like button. We've got 650 people in the stream, which is just remarkable. Uh, thanks for, for joining us, everybody. But yeah, just mash up that like button. Um, it just helps sort of push out the content to, to like-minded individuals, uh, and it's much appreciated. And if you're not subscribed, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Really appreciate that as well. Um, but yeah, lots of people talking about, you know, the, the the market nick and I, I know we've covered it a few times but um you know there's someone here just asking you know can you sort of cover off some reasons why it's too early to to be in a bear market sure i know we've covered it a few times um in some of the recent videos um so let's let's jump down and get into to the first thing we kind of covered it at the beginning and so bear with me, let me just take you on this brief journey. Okay, so here we have Bitcoin's dominance, okay? So the first thing that we notice is that um, Bitcoin's dominance dropped down to 39%. And um, this is when a lot of the altcoins were, were moving up quite well. Um, and obviously Bitcoin had kind of stabilized around that kind of 58, 60K kind of level. Um, and then obviously we had the recent correction. That now means that Bitcoin's dominance is actually increasing, okay? So it means loads of money is falling out of the altcoins. Um, lots of fear in the space whereas bitcoin has fallen but obviously it keeps a lot more of that market share okay so in terms of the entire crypto space right now bitcoin is worth 44 percent of all crypto currency okay if you add all crypto together bitcoin is 44 percent of it it came down to that 39 area and it bounced from there and moved up so this is what this chart is doing it's showing you bitcoin and how it relates to the entire crypto space. So it went down to 39% and then bounced up and to where it is right now, which is about 44%. Now, this is important because when we look at the history, we can see during 2017, Bitcoin's dominance was right up here when there were not that many um, cryptocurrencies that had huge amounts of money and it was pretty much Bitcoin at this point. And then other altcoins started to get some traction during the start of the 2017 bull run, right? And obviously, Bitcoin's dominance hovered around a little bit, you know, around the 67% or so. And then it fell down, okay? It fell right the way down to 37%. Um, and this came in at about June of 2017. Okay, and then Bitcoin started to get some more of the market share back from the altcoins. So we'd imagine that both Bitcoin and altcoins probably had a bit of a crash together, but more money went out of altcoins um, than it did out of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin tends to hold more market share. It went back up to 51%, had a small pullback to, 50, uh, to about 44, 43, and then shot right back up to 67. It was at this point that then you really get that alt season 
once Bitcoin's had its top come in, alt season goes and obviously all, all the altcoins go parabolic. This pulls Bitcoin's dominance all the way down to about 32. There's not going to be many people in the space who do not believe that Bitcoin's dominance during the peak of the bull run would be, you know, as high as 39. It'll be low 30s, maybe even high 20s. Okay, so right now we were expecting this we were expecting a bounce from this area here as things were starting to get interesting in the space right and ultimately we had this pullback we're looking to potentially pull this to about 51 altcoins will probably get a little bit of traction here and then it will go right back up to 67 uh, or in that area approximately and then pull right down as the altcoins actually have their parabolic moves at the finishing end of the bull run. So that would bring Bitcoin's dominance all the way down. So where we are right now only really correlates to where we were over here. Okay, so these two positions are correlated over here is pretty much this one here. It's two percentage points difference. So we're looking to potentially pull this up, pull it down a little bit, and then shoot it back up here before having that peak come in. Now, this is also backed up and um, not just by Bitcoin's dominance, but also when you start looking at the stock to flow model. So over here, we have the previous bull run um, of 2017-2018. And this is the particular section that we're just talking about where Bitcoin's dominance um, basically, you know, was falling down to about 39 and then spiked back up. Um, so in July over here, this June-July area is when we had that major correction. This is kind of where we are right now within our cycle. What normally happens during a bull run, be that the 2013 bull run or the 2017 bull run, is you spike up above our line here. So right now, we haven't had the peak of the bull run, and it's quite clear to see when you look at both the Bitcoin dominance and also this Bitcoin stock-to-flow model. We are not at the top area here. Now, obviously, the correction that we have had has been steeper than what we saw previously in the 2017. It's more representing what happened over in 2013, but not as steep as the 2013. It's kind of a hybrid between these two moves. In the terms of the 2013 model, we saw two spikes happen, right? We had that first one, then we had the second one at the end. Now, we obviously haven't necessarily seen that. We've been more correlated to the 2017, but this correction is quite steep, which means makes a lot of people kind of reference this current correction to the 2013 correction. Only difference is we haven't dropped as deep as we have done in the 2013 in the history. So right now, things are looking more aligned to this. It's just a slightly deeper version. And we are looking to spike this up above our line here during the peak of the bull run. Okay, so this then obviously backs up everything else that we are seeing in the space. You then couple this with um, something like um, the Elliott Wave theory as well. Um, so if I go ahead and bring up, I don't know, let's bring up ADA, for example, is uh, the USDT. Um, this is, it doesn't really matter what one you look at. Um, this is kind of consistent uh, across pretty much most of these. We just pull these into the weak view. Um, let's just pull that down um, and zoom on in here. Here you have the Elliott wave. I'm just going to quickly remove that. And this actually started from the crash of 2020. Okay, so the March crash of 2020 kind of kickstarted the bull run, or at least it kicked it kickstarted this kind of Elliott wave anyway. Um, so wave one actually peaked up here at uh, August um, or July August time for um, pretty much most altcoins, right? Uh, and everyone can remember kind of the, how things were getting really interesting around the August, or July, August times of 2020. When it had the pullback, which ended at around September, October, 
And then wave three is the recent highs that we've been seeing right now. This means that we're actually in the correction of wave four in a similar way that we went from our high points of August, July, August, down to our lows of September, October, and then that triggered into wave three. We're looking to do the same kind of correction here for wave four. That's what we're currently seeing in terms of our pullback. This then goes into wave five, which takes us towards the end of the year and the peak of the bull run. So right now we obviously have three things that kind of confirm the fact that we are not in a bear market, but in fact in a bull market. And all you're really seeing is bits of traps being laid by various different manipulators of the space. So we obviously have Bitcoin dominance. We can use this. We should show the history. We know exactly what has happened in the past. And history does tend to repeat itself um, nine times out of 10. We obviously have the stock to flow model. This also shows us that, you know, we are not above our line. We haven't had that peak of the bull run and nothing has spiked in the, the way that it has done in the past. And of course, history does tend to repeat itself. Sometimes it doesn't, but majority of the time it tends to and um, ultimately we haven't had that spike we then obviously take a look at our cryptocurrencies it doesn't really tend to matter which one of these they're all kind of following something similar um, we can see the Elliott wave the five waves and we can see that we are in the correction of wave four currently heading into the big wave of five which takes us to the peak of the bull run so right now everything is lining up exactly to plan um, and I know it's very hard when you're, you're seeing your portfolios get so damaged so quickly um, it does feel that, you know, that it's all over. It's all coming crashing down. It's a very emotional space. It can be overwhelming. And I totally can understand why people want to exit if it's not for them. The rewards, however, uh, at least in my opinion, I'm not a financial advisor. I just read data. In my opinion, Wave 5 will be worth all of this stress, all of this pain that we're seeing now within our portfolios. Because Wave 5 is going to be the peak of the bull run. But Chris, that is what I'm seeing in the data. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add that maybe fundamentally helps uh, back up this claim. I mean, I know we've seen whales sell Bitcoin at, you know, high prices and buy it back at low prices. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you, you do the, the data thing and I, I do the sort of investigating wallets and socials and all that sort of stuff. But, and, and yeah, you can see, you know, wallets you know, selling you know, at around 58 and then buying sort of, you know, between 40 and, and sort of like 30k uh, sort of price ranges at various different levels, you know, buying loads. But we've seen these wallets start to die down with their activity recently. So again, that doesn't really give me any sort of idea as to, to what the, the their next move would be. But, you know, I guess it's it's a little bit of confidence there in, in regards to, to the fact that they're not, you know, buying at the minute uh, or selling. They're kind of just waiting to see where the market goes. Um, with all of that said, lots and lots of people got liquidated, right? So there's lots of YouTube channels, influencers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and all these other places, right? That you know, use. I, I guess. Um, they do advertisements for like buy beer and, and stuff like this. And, you know, it gets a lot of people into to, to trading and using leverage. And we're not fans of that. And lots of people would have been caught out. So lots of people are going to have left the, the market because they were liquidated and lost an awful lot of money. This this kind of reminds me a bit of like, you know, what happened. And, and I saw it actually written on, on, on Twitter today uh, around, you know, the stock market and, the crash that that had back in i think it was 1983 <laughs> and and the fact that you know it got you know the stock market kind of got that stigma from from retail investors 
that you you just you just lose money buying buying into stocks right and i think that's one of the f- the fears that i've got for for crypto is you know this was you know it happened so quickly lots of people got liquidated now there's going to be lots of people that you know there's going to be people basically saying no don't 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 go near crypto it's 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 not a great investment right um f- for the same reasons really so you know i think it's it's dangerous to to lo- use uh, leverage i think it again impacts the adoption side of things which for for me is a shame however you know we talked about this at the back end of 2020 when we were going into 2021 about the the swings and and stuff like that and nick you're right it's not for everybody however you know if you held through the weekend i don't think that's necessarily going to be the worst of it possibly it might be um, but we might be going back down that way at some point, Nick. Um, it's, it's, it's very possible, guys. I'm not going to sit here mm. and say, oh, everything's going up. It's going green. It's fantastic. We won't know for sure that, um, you know, we're going to go past the 618, the, the 702 and the 786, right? Um, we'll know when we get there whether or not we're going to go for the lower lows. Um, but I'm pretty confident and I'm, you know, very confident, in fact, that in my opinion that we're in wave four. We're not in a bear market. Once we get to the bottom of wave four, we'll be going parabolic towards the top of the fifth wave. And it's worth that uh, that risk, in my opinion. Obviously, I have not overextended myself. I would say that if you're using leverage, really seriously consider what you're doing. Um, but I'm not a financial advisor, nor is Chris. And in my opinion, um, I haven't overextended myself. and I wouldn't want anyone to overextend themselves. That's not a good position to be in. Um, and yeah, if I miss this one, and Chris, if you miss this one, we're okay with that because, man, 2025 is going to be a good year. Yeah, I mean, it might even happen soon. It depends on the, you know, the adoption curve and, and stuff like that, you know, with what actually happens. So, you know, for, for me, if, if we miss if we miss the opportunity, which I don't think we're going to, um, then, you know, I, I'm happy with that. We've always said that we're long-term investors. That might not be what people want to hear, but, you know, that is what it is. Um Okay, right, moving on. We've had a super chat. Really appreciate that. Uh, can we have a cheeky look at e- uh, ETN? Uh, Electronium, I believe. Um, sure, mm. let's uh, let's see if we can find that. So um, ETN to the USDT. Right, so Electronium to the USDT. This is the weekly chart, KuCoin, as a data source here. Now, what I'm going to do is just quickly thread it onto the daily and just tidy this up a little bit because it's a bit messy here. Let's take this off. Uh, Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, Let me delete that. Right, let's uh, go for this. Uh, Let me just remove these off the charts. Right, cool. So we end up with a pretty clean chart here. Okay, so we can obviously see the the high point. Actually, this one here is the one I'm going to go for. And then we have that fall off there. We'll just grab the Fibonacci. We'll throw this on. This is going to be the interesting area that we look for. Um, It's going to come in here at around um, 1.9 cent. Um, And again, we could look at it from the higher level because this actually is a pretty decent sell-off. You can see it's kind of consistently falling down. I feel that's a little bit on the higher end, but that actually comes in at 2.7. So there's a couple of areas that I'd be watching out for here for Electronium. Well, the first one comes in at 1.9 cent. And then the second one that I'd be paying attention to, if you do go past 1.9, will be 2.7. Um, so those are the areas that you know, I'd call out as worth watching. Um, and with that being said, you know, right now we obviously have that uh, 20 EMA, the 50, the 100, 200 moving averages there. And we are firmly below all of those at the moment. The volumes, again, are decreasing. They've been decreasing quite significantly here, even during the selling off period. 
Um, so the volumes have dropped quite good. And uh, obviously the uh, relative strength index has well has been oversold. Um, so we've basically been selling too much ETN. Um, right now is at 34. So loads of potential room to grow um, to the upside. And again, it, as we approach that 618 area, we are more than likely be approaching the top end of this fiber, of this relative strength index as well. Um, so we've got to be quite mindful of what's going on there. Um, so if we take a look at this on the hourly, again, you can see what's going on here. We are having these crosses going here where we are actually using the 20 EMA as a support line. We're going above the 50, the 100 moving averages. And we are going to start finding some resistance, though. Uh, we are now overbought here. So we're looking to have a pullback on a short-term ETN. The volumes have actually started to increase as we started to move those prices up. But more than likely, we're going to have this come back down shortly here. And we'll have to find some good support zones on this shorter time scale. And um, so when it comes to ETN here, it is looking interesting. I think ultimately, we have those key areas that we want to be paying attention to, the 1.9 cent, the 2.7 cent. And then, of course, you know, after all of this, let me just um, move that out of the way there. Uh, let me just move that over there. Um, as we go ahead and um, yeah, take a look at this on those higher levels, we can say you know where things might be heading. They might be heading up towards the fifteen point two cent on the extension level of the fifth wave, um, depending on where the bottom is. If the bottom goes lower, you actually get extended even further in fifth wave. So. This is something that you know ethereum was getting called out for chris where ultimately if ethereum does set lower lows it means that fifth wave is going to be even higher um, and then people are calling out some pretty high numbers for ethereum um so again i'd be quite cautious on that because ethereum really does require a pretty stable-ish price for um for ether in order to be stable so there's only a certain limit on that thing to how high it could potentially go um i'd be a little bit cautious on some of those predictions so i'd be yeah other than that i think you know if you do go ahead and set these lower lows and we do reject the 618 area uh, on many of these altcoins it just means that on the fifth wave you'll go even higher um, than if you've already had bottomed out here. So yeah, for ETN, things are looking pretty interesting. Um, it, you know, we'll have to see how that kind of goes as we approach the 618, the 702, and the 786 Fibonacci levels on the way back up. Cat de uh, dead cat bounces, as they say, Chris. Super. Thanks, Nick. Uh, really appreciate that. And let's see if we can get 600 likes for this stream. That would be remarkable. I mean, we've got 742 people in the stream. Let us know that you're enjoying the stream. Uh, it does help out the channel immensely. That would be amazing, um, Chris. I mean, the other thing to bear in mind is if you're not subscribed, do subscribe. We really appreciate that. Help us um, see if we can get to that 60K by the end of the month. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. Like, still pinching myself, Nick, that we're <laughs> even where we're at. Yeah. Um, I think we just surpassed 57,000, didn't we, subscribers? So uh, thanks to to everybody um, that has partaken in growing us um, as quickly as you have. It is much appreciated. Uh, and we've got another super chat here from Peter. China bans crypto since 2013 and still not banned. Don't fall into this FUD news. Japan FUD will follow. And, yeah, completely agree with that. I mean, it's just just nonsense isn't it and we've seen the same song being sung for for years now and um yeah it just keeps keeps going keeps going um, <laughs> he, does. <laughs> he does um nick can we have a look at stella um quite a few people have been asking for stella uh sure let me uh let me... and it's one one i feel like we haven't done for a long time as well 
It is. I actually called this out on the video this morning, but I forgot to actually load up the chart for it. It was performing. It was one of the first ones to actually start performing well, um, you know, during during the, the latest kind of uh, bounce to the upside. Um, so I'm just going to clean this up a little bit. Let's just get rid of some of these old pieces that we, we don't need. I, you know, I could have just hit the delete button. I don't know why I do it manually. Um, right. Anyway, cool. Right. So here we have a pretty sharp decrease, right? So it had a fantastic run, XLM, Stellar, fantastic run to the upside. Um, and then, you know, it did have this very sharp crash. This actually gives us a pretty good base to actually start working from, unlike some of these other coins that kind of fell down and then started to move up, then fell down again. With Stellar here, we can actually take the top. Okay, and then we can take the bottom here. This actually gives us a pretty good idea as to where things are potentially likely to go back up to um, on this run. Um, so right now we are looking to try to get Stella up to a 59 cent. Let me just pull that across to make sure I get that level right. It's gonna be 59.6 guys. That's going to be the area that we start to really pay attention. I'm not saying that's categorically the area that it's going to either push through and everything is amazing or reject. These kind of things have ranges. They range between certain points. I think it starts coming in at about 59 cent and then potentially goes up to about 69 cent. It's going to be in that kind of area there. I'll quickly mark this up for you. Um, so I think it's going to be in this little area right here. This is the box I think that we want to be kind of monitoring when it comes to um, Stella and XLM. Okay, so we want to be entering this box and we want to push through it. Okay, if we get past this box and we go all the way through it, we're pretty confident in going ahead and going after those extension levels. If we enter this box and get rejected from it and we start going back down, that's where things will start to get difficult and we'll set some lower lows. But like I said before, um, when we we're looking at Electronium, if we do go ahead and come down here, for example, and we set that lower low, then what's going to happen, guys, is we'll actually end up in a scenario where we um, we actually grab our Fibonacci and we pull this down lower. Let's say we come to the midway point of our, our circle here. That will actually mean that our extensions at the top here actually go even higher. And then that means that we'll have, you know, a, a more profitable wave five. Okay. If, however, we do push all the way through our yellow box, then actually we'll probably top up here at about $2.51. Okay. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds and all of that kind of good stuff. And there are, of course, some other extensions that could happen as well. But with Stella and XLM, we also do have the history that actually helps push this thing a little further ahead. So if we were to place the Fibonacci on the low of March and the high, or the all-time high, that also gives us a very interesting area for XLM. Now, I think from memory, Chris, and you correct me if I'm wrong, um, Stella had an all-time high of about 93 cents. Uh, I'm not sure if that's about right. I think that's about right. I'm going to go with 93 cent. I feel that's the right number to be going for. So I'm just going to quickly throw this on here uh, and take this down, right? So if we go ahead and put this onto the low from our March low, okay, this is where wave one technically started and our all-time high from the 2018 bull run, then actually this shows us an extension level topping out at about $3.88. Okay, so that's a little bit higher than what our fifth wave is currently showing us. So how low do you think this thing has to potentially go to get down there? Far too low to, to have a fifth wave at that point. So we do have to pay attention to not just the immediate correction that we've had here, but also the history to say how high things are also likely to go. So 
at the moment, our short term, our narrow micro view uh, of XLM is showing us a potential extension of $2.51, whereas our macro view actually shows us an extension level of $3.88. And um, so it's, sometimes it's important not to get too focused in on the short term stuff that's happening right now and to actually have a bit of a, a bigger mindset as to where things have been in the past and where they are likely to potentially go in the future. So when it comes to Stellar here, things are looking pretty interesting from that regard. We can also see that we were not oversold. We were incredibly low. We're actually currently rocking a 42 on that RSI, and the volumes have also decreased quite a bit here. So things on this particular chart do have to get a little bit further along uh, in order to know for sure where things are going to go. Uh, we obviously want to push through our yellow box there. I'll leave that on for the next time we look at Stella. We want to be pushing through this. If we push through it, I'll be incredibly confident on actually kipping to this kind of timeline. If we do not push through all the way through here and we get the correction, we get rejected from this yellow box, then we'll probably end up setting some lower lows. But I still think that wave five it will be worth all the pain that we'll see that comes with this. Chris, what's your thoughts on Stella? Yeah, really like the project. You know, like I, I will say something controversial, Nick you know, with the token burn and, and all of that, that that's happened for, for Stella, I could see this one perhaps going a little bit further in price um, than, than what you, you've covered there. But that's just my personal opinion, not based on any technicals. I uh, really like the project. think it's going to do phenomenally well. I think they've got a great team. Uh, it's going to be an interesting um, sort of few years for Stella, I feel. You know, there's there's lots of um, projects with a very similar use case and I guess you know all the stuff they've got going off off in in, in Africa and, and stuff like that is, is immense so yeah I, I really do like this project one we are invested in and uh, have been for a long time Nick fantastic super um, I, I guess you know it's kind of want to talk about a little bit of the stuff that we've got coming up Nick so um, we're doing some some collaborative uh, collaborating with uh, other YouTubers, aren't we, Nick? So um, we, we're going to be doing some some uh, videos with Cardano with Paul. So we're, we're, you know, really excited about that. And um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a Cardano sort of fest coming up, I, I suppose, isn't it? So, um, and we've got an interview with uh, World Mobile as well. So, again, another really interesting project. If you do have any questions don't forget to dm them over to me either um either on twitter or um you know we can collate them out of the telegram group as well so if you've got any questions for world mobile or cardano with paul um i'm sure you know he'd love to, to answer some questions when we next catch up with him be uh be great I'll let us know fantastic and um I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Nick. No, I'm really looking forward to uh, to catching up with uh, Paul from uh, Cardano with Paul um, and also World Mobile. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think, yeah, if you have any questions, do check out the Telegram group. Um, there's an invite link in the description. Um, join the join the group. It's lively. It's a friendly community and you can add all your questions there. We'll collate them all. And uh, yeah, it would be fantastic to to raise them with, uh, with both, you know, Paul and, uh, of course, World Mobile. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and... Uh, it looks like we've got another super chat here. Is it Rain Eye? Um, yeah. New Launchpad website NFTs. Do you want to sort of pull up the site, Nick? Have a look at that. I, one? I have, yeah. I was, uh, I was a little yeah. bit ahead of you there. So um, yeah, we looked at this one briefly like before. <laughs> <laughs> we, we looked at this one before briefly, and we still haven't had the time to actually dig into it 
in detail. But this is something that really does stand out. I mean, like graphically, the website itself is really, really good. Um, and I do like how this kind of flows through. You can see the team, you can get into all that kind of stuff. I really want to spend more time looking at it um, because the presentation means a lot. And if you're talking about NFTs and specifically, you know, art and things like that, then the website is going to be your, one of your main selling points, right? And um, so it's important that it kind of makes sense. It's uh, attractive, it's easy to use, and it catches people's attention. And that's exactly what this particular site does. And um, so looking at this right now, it looks like a lot of effort's been put into the website and it has actually pays dividends, um, at least to people like me who pays attention to the detail of it. For people like Chris, you obviously have all of the team on there and you can get right into all of that kind of stuff. For the, or this, this is the initial lineup, actually, I should say. Um, so I think this is one that's worth us spending more time, Chris, looking at it in detail. Here's the founders. And so, yeah, I think you'd want to get more into the, to that team there, not LinkedIn profiles, but I'd like to get into the LinkedIn profiles and figure out what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, this one is really interesting. I like to get into this one, Chris. I think it's got, um, it's got something about it. It just stands out from the crowd and I like that. Awesome. Okay. Um, what else we got here? Uh, bum, bum, bum. Uh, I think one is trying to decouple now. Uh, should we have a look at one harmony, Nick? We can do. I might be having some internet difficulties, Chris. So um, we see how the stream. My bag. <laughs> I know it's just uh, I'm looking at the stream stats. Our bit rate is dropping, so we may have to uh, we'll see. It. We'll see how we get on. Let's take a look at one and see if things improve any. Um, let's jump on over. Okay, let's take a look at one to the USDT um, and take a look at this one. Cool. So here we obviously have um, Harmony one to the USDT daily chart. Binance is the data source here. Uh, and again, you know, it has been performing quite well. We've got a bounce from the 50 moving average. We can see that right here. And we can also see how we are just pushing above our 100 moving average right now. We can also see that 20 EMA is just above our uh, candle at the moment, along with that 50 moving average just there. Now, like I did with the others, I'm going to go ahead and grab hold of our Fibonacci. I'm going to throw that down from the high and the low there. I'm going to just move it over here a little bit because we can then get a better, clearer picture on those numbers. Um, so I'm just going to make sure that gets up to there. So our 618 comes in at 13.8 cent. So that's the area that we want to be paying attention to quite closely. Now, right here, we can see 11.1 is the current price for Harmony One. It has had a good day. Now, when I was looking at this one earlier today, um, this morning, while I look at it on the hourly, it was getting really close to that overbought area. So we are going to be finding that resistance shortly. But it does depend on how much volume can we can push through here to really help push up into the overbought area. If we're able to push Harmony 1 into overbought, then we have a good chance at going up towards our resistance line, uh, which is the 618, right? So right now, it's probably in our best interest to actually have a bit of a pullback to correct our relative strength index so that we have a lot of momentum going into the 618 and potentially push through to the 786. Um, but right now, if we're looking like we're probably going to come up against resistance of the 200 moving average here um, and have that pullback so that we do not go overbought. And um, so we'll have to watch that volume. It is still decreasing macro view, but micro view is an increase in volume. If we just pull this back up into our daily, what we're looking for is that kind of correction, maybe just to pull it down a little bit, not too far, just enough to have a bit of another you know, major attempt to push through and get into that seven, uh, that 13.8 cent up to 
16.5. I feel that 60, if we can get past like 16.5 into the towards 17 cent, we should be in a pretty reasonable area. I'll quickly mark that up so that we have that as a future reference point. I'm just going to grab it from a little bit below the 618 and I'm going to put it a little bit above so we know where we're aiming. So this yellow box here, like we did with uh, the previous uh, XLM, we want to be pushing through this yellow box. If we do not push through it, we'll probably fall back down. But we do have that 200 moving average there as a bit of support right now. So again, if we just throw this back up into our weekly, we can again can see where things are likely to potentially be going here in terms of Harmony 1. Again, most of these started off in March, going to wave 1, wave 2 was down here at uh, the end of December. Moving up, wave um, 3, which we know was the highs of uh, March, and now pulling down towards wave 4, which will then trigger into wave 5, which will be the peak of the bull run. So we are looking at this in detail. We are thinking that uh, Harmony 1 has true potential to be quite a significant player in the space. And, um, you know, as validators, we see, we see a lot of stuff going on with Harmony One as well. I, I am, you know, really bullish on this particular project. I think it's a fantastic project for sharding um, and doing everything they're doing for bridging and all that kind of stuff, which is the next kind of major thing in this space. Um, yeah, I think we're in a pretty good spot. I'm not sure if we're going to see that decoupling. We are going to have a bit of a pullback soon. We are finding resistance. We are almost overbought. So we are likely to get that pullback. It won't be an extreme pullback. It'll be a very minor one. Um, and then we'll continue to push up. But our yellow box here is where we are going to be finding the majority of the resistance for Harmony 1. But Chris, is there anything else in Harmony 1 that you feel, uh, you know, it sits outside of the technicals that might be potentially, you know, fueling a bit of a, a break up to the upside? Well, I think it's a, a fantastic project. And we, we mentioned earlier about, you know, some of the projects perhaps falling, falling away and, and disappearing, right? Uh, one Harmony is not going to be one of those projects. The stuff that they're doing uh, regarding bridging, it, you're right, Nick, it is kind of that next wave of, of things, I, I guess, that successful projects are going to be doing in this space, right? We see it with with Cardano, uh, we see this with AGI, various others. DSLA will be another one, uh, which I think is just going to be an absolute monster. So go do your research on that one. Uh, super early on that one. Um, you know, I just I just kind of feel like it's it's that that next phase. You you you've got your NFT phase, and and you know your cross chain is going to be the, the the next one really for for me, Nick. Fantastic. Super. Okay. And I think we've had another super chat. Let me just have a look here. Um, so from Simon, really appreciate that. Uh, price, um, I guess this is uh, what price will XRP reach if there's a settlement? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, when there's a settlement. When there's a settlement. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is the question, right? It's really hard to know for sure how high that thing can go under that kind of circumstances. The one major kind of flaw to XRP over the years has always been what's the clarity. This is why Ripple have been fighting it for such a long time, trying to get clarity out of, uh, out of the US, right? Most other countries around the world have kind of come out. It's either, you know, an exchange token or it's a currency. Um, none of them's actually said it's a security except for the SEC. And um, when they do come out and finally settle, one thing that will be clear or, or not clear, as I think ultimately will be the case, is it'll be, it'll be clarity without being called clarity as in, you know, they won't be able to go after Ripple again for securities, right? 
um, because president will be set ultimately. So it will settle. Um, I don't think they'll get the actual word saying XRP is not a security. I don't think that will ever come out. I think that will just be um, you know, too much for the SEC to admit. Um, so I think there'll be a settlement and it'll be clarity through you know, default, if that makes sense. And as a result of that, I think there's going to be some fantastic numbers hit and it's going to be extreme. It's not going to be a small, you know, all-time high that gets hit from it. It's going to be a very um, attractive numbers that come out of it. And the problem that you're going to have is the the you know, the, the market cap. <laughs> and because under some of these circumstances, I mean, market cap itself is just a theoretical number. It doesn't actually you know, mean that, that much money is actually flown into it. Um, but it is going to potentially be challenging some of those top spots, right? So you can see potentially under the right circumstances, a settlement, it could quite easily become the second largest cryptocurrency just because, you know, the SEC settled with Ripple. Um, I think it would have that kind of catalyst power behind it. Um, and in terms of price predictions, you could potentially see this thing going up towards the $65 reckon, uh, dollar area, I reckon, Chris. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really do, Nick. I think, you know, ultra bullish on xrp we we always have been when the sec case um came out we 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 basically said that you know it, it was a load of fud uh and what we really meant was you know we only see one one thing for for xrp and 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 it, it's it's bullish you know you look at the the bank's roadmaps and stuff like that you look and i mentioned this earlier the the people that worked for Ripple, where have they gone next? Uh, you know, after working for Ripple, where did they come from before when um, they, they've been employed by Ripple? Um, you look at the the legal team; it's just immense. We were actually, in fact, buying uh, somewhere near the bottom. It wasn't right at the bottom; um, it's impossible to time that. But you know, somewhere down near the bottom, we were were, were filling our bags. And you know, for us, we've been confident this whole time. We've kind of always said settlement haven't we nick and we've seen what's happened with the kin token uh, previously and they were found guilty uh, so they were classed as a security and we saw a silly amount of um, price increase for, for that one so i'd expect something you know fairly similar i mean long term i kind of see nothing but ripple achieving their their goals and their aspirations i think they're they're such a big sort of enterprise that you know, it's inevitable in, in my eyes. And, you know, maybe this is, and this is just, I guess, um, what, what do they call it? Tinfoil hat, Nick. But, you know, it, the whole case, it kind of feels like it's it's aimed to just slow Ripple down. And I think it's too late for that. They should have been doing that years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, it's an extreme scenario. Like, I, I believe that 65 $67, that area is the, the absolute kind of top level. Um, you know, it may not quite get there, but those are the kind of things that you can see in the charts under a very extreme bullish sentiment, such as a, you know, a, a, almost a big tick from the United States to say it's no longer a security. Um, and under that kind of circumstance, you could see some pretty interesting stuff happening. Uh, there's lots of chatter, Chris, in the live chat here saying, could you see that being the catalyst that brings on a lot more major banks, you know, utilizing it? Absolutely. I think it will be. Once the states kind of get the, the green light, 
you know, in an indirect way, I think that'll basically mean that they're good to use it. And I think that's going to open up new corridors. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more people using RippleNet, um, ODL, all that kind of good stuff going on. And I think you're really going to get rocking and rolling uh, in terms of how you're going to see CBDCs um, utilizing XRP potentially as well. I know there's a lot of um, conflict there between whether it's XRP or XDC or you know, XLM's the chosen one. Ultimately, a lot of these things are trying to do the same thing. There's going to be more than one winner in this space, but XRP uh, with everyone, as Chris was saying there, who they've brought onto the board and you know who they actually rub shoulders with, and um, that kind of stuff actually matters. And they've been um, they've been making the right connections for a fair few years now. So they definitely do seem to be the front runners when uh, in this race, Chris. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, it's it's an interesting project that really got me back into crypto. So you know, I, I'm thankful for, for Ripple and, and what they're trying to do in this space. And they have been sort of pioneers in trying to get the uh, the regulations and not just any regulations, but, you know, regulations that I, I guess support the space um, for, for, for improving um, the world that we live in. So for, for me, yeah, I think Ripple have done an awful lot for this space. And I don't think it's quite appreciated by by many people uh, and you can have that argument centralized decentralized but ultimately you know how decentralized are some of these projects that claim to be uh, decentralized right because you've got these mammoth companies that you know exchanges for example binance and you know you look at how many pools they set up in in the background actually how decentralized are some of these projects and how decentralized are they likely to be in the future as more institutions get on board so there's always that risk that you know no matter how decentralized a project currently is that it could go the other way and become centralized over a period of time with all the manipulation and everything that happens in this space and, and we see this in in various different markets right you, you look at the metal market and you look how suppressed the silver price is currently um you know just to to, to just sort of highlight it i guess really um so yeah it's interesting uh, i really do like this subject and for me yeah it's what got me back into to crypto like heavily um over the last few years <laughs> super anything else that you you want to cover off on, on ripple nick no i, I think you know it's a fantastic project there's so much going on there um and you know we can talk you know, an entire live stream about XRP and Ripple mm. and all the kind of connections and things that are going on. Um, but I feel that, you know, we'll just be then one project focused and that's not really our goal here. No, definitely not. And uh, th this project does divide people and, and that's fine. It's great to have a healthy debate, right? Um, but we are very, uh, very much of the, the mindset that there'll be many winners in this space. So yeah, there we go. And <laughs> um, Apparently, Nick, Crypto Crow um, has been suspended for a breach of terms, okay. uh, YouTube terms and conditions. I've seen I've seen this a lot recently with some of the the crypto channels. Um, there was another guy with like three hundred thousand subscribers, and he's he's just been suspended. And he was saying that um, it was like literally he he would. Um, get a warning and then within eight minutes it was his channel was gone it was bizarre so i don't know what's going on no idea no idea we haven't got any warnings we're good 
we're good currently <laughs> currently Touch wood, we won't get any anywhere any but of we, course we... on that note chris um you know if something were to happen to our channel it's important that everyone knows we have a second channel right yeah yeah we do we do uh which is currently cardano uh, cheeky cardano isn't it it is currently cheeky cardano um we are considering potentially changing it into something different but link to that channel is in the description below go subscribe just in case this channel goes down there's a backup channel that you can go and find some content on yeah so cool yeah it's, it's interesting like yeah i don't know what's going on with some some of these uh, channels getting suspended hopefully they get it all resolved though um okay nick uh mr cray i love that name <laughs> um what have we got here another uh is it treus i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right these yeah guys yeah so this is one um i'm all that familiar with chris um but it obviously is something we have charted up before so let's uh let's jump on down and take a look um so here we have it um you know treus i'm gonna say as I'm saying that right, to the USDT. Daily chart, KuCoin is the data source. Now, obviously, we have the Fibonacci was running on here. We actually had the retracements come down, wicked down to the red area there. But we're going to take this one off and we're going to throw it the other way just in case you are worried about anything. We want to have a look at, uh, you know, those kind of sell areas if that's what you wanted to do. First thing I'm going to do is uh, just pull on a Fibonacci to this level here. Okay, and uh, the reason I'm doing this is to show you what I mean with what happens when you have these corrections. Okay, let me just pull this down and to here, about there, there we go. So up here we have the high point that was achieved just here, right? So this was our high point. Then we had this correction pulled down and then we basically brought this right the way up. Just, we have found the resistance at the 618. We pushed up to the 702, but we never closed in any of them. And then we fell down to new lows. Okay, so that's the kind of move that we're looking for. We have the, the bounce, right? The cat, the, the dead cat bouncing up towards our 618, the 702, and then falls down to lower lows. So now we have an example of what that looks like. We can go ahead and actually take our Fibonacci and move it. This time, we're going to take it from our high point that was achieved during that bounce, and we're going to go ahead and put it on the low that was achieved. And in this particular case, it's all the way down here, uh, all the way down to this one. Okay, and then this shows us that we actually we're going to be getting a bounce back up towards our 618 area. Again, this comes in at $18.08. Okay, so in terms of where things are likely to go before we know for sure whether or not we're going to fall back down, it's going to be that Fibonacci area here of the 618, the 702, the 786. Again, like I have done with many of these, I'm just going to go ahead and throw on here our yellow box so we know the area that we're looking to try to come into and go past. So now we are going to potentially be coming back up into this area and if we push through it we're going to be okay. If we do not push through it then potentially we're going to come back down to lower lows okay so we get a bit of an idea as to how this thing is going to flow out as we enter into this wave four and we find the bottom of wave four. And of course, that could have happened already because it was quite a steep correction, right? So we don't know for sure yet whether that is the bottom considering the, the severity of that dip. Now, of course, if we go past this, fantastic. We'll go up to these high points up here towards $100. If, however, um, that is not the bottom, we'll come up to here, we'll fall back down, we'll find the low, we'll go and extend our Fibonacci, and then we'll go up to maybe $107 or so, right? So... One way or another, we're going to know um, shortly as to whether or not we're going to push on up or fall back down. And the same thing applies to all of these cryptocurrencies. Now, in terms of everything else that we can see on this chart, we can see the volume really coming down as we were decreasing. That was actually helping to protect the price. There was one particular wick here, or, or volume, I should say, 
um, in one day that was actually greater than the others and that was that one there obviously and other than that it kind of pulled back down with a good green volume today we obviously pulled the relative strength index down quite low it came down to just on the 40 line and it has bounced up to 46 so we've used a bit of that relative strength index as well today so not too bad at all um, and if again if we pull this into our hourly again you can see that we were overbought briefly here so we are looking to potentially get a, a bit of a pullback to just be test this area here maybe you know um, if we can just go ahead and uh, actually retest uh, a support line um, and we'll see if that actually corrects our relative strength index we'll be looking to potentially pull this down towards our 100 moving average the 50 is obviously a little bit lower and there is going to be resistance up here on that 200 moving average as we go ahead and try to push up towards our yellow box here so yeah for this particular project it looks okay it has obviously found uh, a reasonable area to be bouncing from um, but obviously you know we have got a bit of work to do in order to get right up into this yellow box area and hopefully push our way through and put an end to this kind of correction as we move on up if not then we will be looking to extend our way down a little bit and then from here extend up in fifth wave at a later stage so right now yeah with this one it's doing okay i think we're just kind of you know holding strong waiting to see what happens as we approach this area here um, and for anyone who you know has found it very stressful it feels like they you know they might want to be getting out of the space it isn't for them this is the area that you want to pay attention to because this is going to be your exit point if that's what you want to do okay anything you want to add to this one chris no just you know we we did a members video on on how to identify the the points in which to exit obviously we were inundated with messages of concern worry panic all the different you know scales of emotion that there are out there that, that aren't particularly great right and um you know i just want to say well done to to anybody that was feeling that but managed to get through it um with with diamond hands all right because um you know i guess the weekend would have been the worst point in which to to, to sell that crypto right so obviously we're not financial advisors um but we were saying you know there's there's a bounce um so we did that video on the on the members uh content so check that out if that's something that you're you know you're looking to do like we say this market isn't for everybody um but those that hold will be rewarded i guess it's it depends whether the length of time you're willing to hold aligns with your goals and aspirations right because um you know if it's four years um and that doesn't align yeah that that might be what we have to wait right yeah uh, you know yeah it, it is like that guys but um you know we're not financial advisors it's important that you make your own decisions do your own research right this is our this is our thoughts these are our opinions and this is how i interpret the data make sure that you can you know sign up to trading view sign up to uh evi sign up to uh, you know pro pro coins i think it's called what is it called uh cointrader.pro um, <laughs> and use these charts right they're all there they're free to use you can you can make your own analysis based on the things that you're seeing in you know not just this channel but maybe you're watching other channels as well and piece things together um, and hopefully you'll come to a, an, an idea of how you want to to put, you know go forward um for us you know this is the areas that we kind of focus in on those key bouncing areas that we're going to bounce up to you'll be you'll know more about your cryptocurrency once you get there the worst thing you can do is you know panic sell on the way down you know just take a moment in my opinion take a moment step back watch the bottom come in and then wait for the bounce um you're not going to sell the top it's you know there's very very few people that will ever get that timing right um so it's important that you kind of you know <laughs> wait for these things to come and come in find the bottom 
then move back to the top there on the bounce okay so you'll uh, you won't sell the top you very rarely sell the top the best way to do it is either sell going up okay at certain price points as a part of your strategy sign up if you're wanting to know more about the strategy stuff that we talk about um or wait for these kind of corrections to come in, wait for the bounce to go back up, and then you're in a pretty good area where you're only like 20% from the top anyway, um, and that's a good exit point if that's what you want to do. Um, to, um, to clarify was, though, Chris, we're not selling, are yeah. we? We're not selling, no, um, definitely not. And um, we haven't sold any crypto up to this point, right? So yeah. um, one thing to, to add though, for anybody that doesn't really know how to chart and all that sort of stuff and it covers that in the members content right so you, you know you, you understand uh, what what software to use and how to use it so uh, well worth doing if that's your bag and um, you know it's useful because you're not relying on others right you'll be able to look at those charts yourself and and plot that out right rather than perhaps waiting for a youtuber to do it um with that said nick um should we have a look at matic because this was up like over a hundred percent today okay cool we'll do matic as uh, potentially the last one chris because we've yeah. been going for about an hour and a half now um time flies when you're talking crypto <laughs> right let's jump on into the charts right let's take a look let's go and load up matic here um to the usdt uh let's pull this up okay so first things i'm going to just do is clear this off um, in fact i'm just going to hit my delete button clear everything off i'm going to learn to do that more frequently Okay, so ultimately Matic has had a very good surge recently. Um, a lot of that comes down to a lot of dApps utilizing it to uh, mitigate against uh, Ethereum and all the kind of things that are going on or the crazy things that are going on over there. Now, when we take a look at Matic here on the daily chart, and this is Binance and the daily chart to start with from Tether, right? Um, we can obviously see this motion to the upside. But you can see that actually this 20 EMA is something that we've been dabbling in and out of uh, quite a bit on this daily chart, right? We've been riding it pretty much all the way to the top here. There was a blip in the middle here uh, during April. Otherwise, we kind of rode it right the way back up. And we're firmly above that 20 EMA yet again. We can also see the 50, 100, and 200 moving averages on this daily chart quite far away from our current position. So it's definitely still performing incredibly well. Um, and it's something that, you know, Chris was calling out quite early on back in October, I think it was, Chris, when you were talking about Matic, and it's been doing incredibly well. Um, pretty much during 2021. It didn't do too much. It was quite low value back in 2020. So there's some pretty good opportunities there. Now we were obviously overbought um, during this run to the upside. And this correction has actually done Matic a bit of a favor because it's actually pulled it right back down here where it's able to now take advantage of that registrant index yet again. So the volumes on this way up have been increasing during that crash that we had it actually decreased briefly and now has picked up yet again. So this particular move is a very interesting one. So what we're gonna do is put on the Fibonacci retracement from that high to that low um, and see where we are. Here we go, guys. This is another textbook move. What has it gone to, Chris? Where do you think it's gone to? Trick question. Does he know? <laughs> I, I can't see, Nick. You can't see. It's gone to uh, the 618, guys. So right now, Matic's move has gone right the way from the low side, right up to the 618, and has had a pullback. So this is going to be the interesting thing that happens here now. Where does it go from here? So is Matic going to break through our yellow box, which I'll put on now, 
Um, or is it going to actually start, um, you know, to potentially go and set a new low? So this is the yellow box that we were probably going to want to break through, uh, roughly put it there, so we can see how that one performs. So right now it's gone into this yellow box, but it hasn't actually gone all the way through, which is what we need it to do. Okay, so right now, if we go ahead and throw this down into our hourly, let's see if we can come up with a reason as to why it pulled back. So let's go ahead and pull our brush up here. We can see that it's overbought. Okay, so we need a short-term pullback in order to correct this relative strength index, get it out of the overbought area, um, and in order to do that, we need the volume to start decreasing. So here we can see some good selling pressure was coming in as it entered the 618 area. This is a pretty common trading um, move, right? So a lot of people will potentially be selling up here, waiting to see what happens. Does it push on up? And then if they put a stop loss up here and buy back in. Okay, so they'll probably sell here, buy back here, um, and they'll lose this little bit here if it goes up. They win, of course, if the price goes down and then they can buy back over here. So this is a common trading method. Uh, lots of people will be doing this. So it doesn't surprise me that we saw selling pressure coming in. What we need to do now is actually see this volume decrease. Whilst we decrease this relative strength index, we'll look to find support on our, um, probably want to find support on the 20 EMA, or we want to find support on that 200 moving average. So those are the things that we're gonna be looking for right here in the next few hours. And if we get that support and we correct our relative strength index, by looking at that daily view, we've got plenty of room to grow that could push us right the way through this yellow box and set some interesting levels for Matic going forward. So one thing that we're seeing with Matic here is probably one of the very few first projects to go ahead and into this yellow box so soon. Um, we'll have to see how this kind of performs, whether it pushes through, whether it has that pullback, whether or not it's going to come down and set some lower lows um, before going back up again. So one thing's for certain, we're going to get a bit of a view as to how this performs probably within the next kind of six to eight hours, Chris. I feel by morning we'll know if Matic is going down lower or whether Matic is going to go ahead and push on up through um, you know, the 786 into um, the previous high area and potentially go much higher than that. So when we look at Matic in terms of where it could potentially go, you've still got $9 on the cards up there. Um, so really interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, but Chris, what's your, anything you want to add on, on the Matic side of things? I just, I just think this one's going to do re remarkably well, Nick. Again, it's one that we've, we've talked about, you know, the in, entire time that we've had the channel. So, you know, we've been invested in this one since, I, I don't know, it's probably... April 2020, around that sort of time, I, I actually got into Matic. Um, yeah, fantastic, and it's it's got to that point now where you know people have started to to really see the value in, in Matic and uh, what they're doing. So yeah, fantastic project. It's it's solid um, to to say the least. And again, another one we got into super early. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this questions, Chris, in the live chat. Should I buy Matic now? I can't tell you to buy or sell anything. Um, you know, my opinion is uh, no, that I feel that there's going to be a correction, a short-term correction due in order to correct the relative strength index, in my opinion. Um, so I would say that, you know, if I were you know, looking to potentially purchase Matic, I would not be doing it right this second. I would be waiting to see what happens um, before potentially buying. Is this thing going to correct much deeper? um you know before potentially getting into matic so right now if i were looking to buy matic i would be waiting probably another six or so hours to see how things are forming but what's your thoughts would you be buying matic right now chris i i was looking at matic in the dip the last couple of days um exactly that's the good time to buy it right you find yeah find that bottom and yeah 
I think to to be honest, like my where, where my head is at the moment, I I kind of feel like it, it's probably worth waiting, um, seeing how the the market settles down. Do we get that pullback? If we do, that'd be when I buy. Absolutely. Um, so, Chris, I feel that we've been going for quite some time. I feel that we should probably bring this stream to a bit of a close um, and, uh, you know, get on with maybe producing some additional content for tomorrow um, yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. So, as just, a, yeah, go for it, Chris. I was going to say, just, just before we do, we had a live. Uh, ah, did we have a super chat, did we? We had a super chat, but we had a super chat at the end of the last stream, if I remember correctly. So, let me just read this out to you. It's, hey, guys, hope you're all well. Uh, are you guys following the four-year cycle theory, end of year being the top, or pullback changes everything? Um, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> so actually, pullback um, actually now aligns back to the four-year plan or the four-year mm -hmm. cycle. So without that pullback, we were actually more of an accelerated path. It looked like we were actually going to end earlier than the end, end of the year, right? But with the pullback... Uh, and basically going into wave four, that actually puts us more in line with the four-year cycle um, than anything else, in my opinion. Super, perfect. And uh, yeah, we've had another super chat in in the chat. Uh, let me just find it here. Bear with me. Yeah. Says. So one ledger worth buying at the current price. Now, this is not one I can chart, Chris, and I'm not even sure. I've come across one ledger before. Mm, interesting. Have you managed to come across one ledger before? I, I haven't, no. Um, so OLT is the name. Um, currently priced at 0 0.008 and definitely has come down quite massively. Seems to have been around since 2018, but I do not know overly too much about the project. So it's really hard for me to comment on the fundamental side of things. It obviously did spike up massively, um, you know, during the first leg of quarter uh, two um, and has obviously pulled right, right, right back down almost to uh, a full correction, as in no pump ever happened. So it does look like a very attractive buy, but they're all, yeah, it's really hard to know for sure without getting into the project to know some of the fundamentals about it and what they're trying to achieve. Uh, it's been around for a while. Um, so I'd want to know a little bit more about the history on this particular one, um, because you don't normally see something do a full correction um, from, you know, basically going right the way back to February levels um, or so. So really want to know a little bit more about the history, but it does look like a very attractive price, Chris. Nice one. Um, and Nick, um, Crypto Nurse has asked, um, how much higher will uh, wave five potentially be uh, than wave four? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so wave five is a lot higher usually than wave four. Um, so you don't fall down you know, to the same kind of extent as just moving back up again. You, you go significantly higher. But it's not usually um, a good rule of thumb is it's never longer uh, than wave three. Okay, so wave three is usually your, your longest. Uh, or your your biggest stint, um, and then you go into wave far, uh, four, which is a, a correction not too dissimilar to wave two, and then you go into wave five, which tends to be similar, more similar to to wave one. Um, so you're looking from um, you know March crash to August kind of level, um, and then you apply that kind of scenario back on. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. I'm not sure if I explained that very well. Super, and I think that covers everything off, Nick. 
Fantastic. So guys, hopefully you found this useful, informative. If you have, hit the like button. We both really do appreciate it. And of course, if you happen to be new to the channel and you want to stay up to date with all those new cryptocurrencies, those hidden gems, the technical analysis and news, then do subscribe to the channel. By becoming a subscriber, you'll be kept up to date with absolutely everything. It is free. You'll stay well informed. So why not? With that said, done and out of the way, we hope everyone has a fantastic day and we'll catch you all in the next one. Yeah, take care.